What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Live from Estopin All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Bamos Morados Podcast. You may notice that this is not the usual voice you hear in the intro, and that is because <laughs> that is because Benton is away for the week. You got me, Zach, here, and I've got a special guest with me to co-host, Michael Shaw from FloridaLeafC.com. You want to say hello, Michael? Hello, everybody. <laughs> oh, yes, because I'm not Benton, I forgot. Our podcast is on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. We thank them very much for doing our weekly editing and, and hosting the, the show. Yep, absolutely. And I write for the State of Louisville from time to time. Uh, and Zach helps me with, uh, I don't know, maybe half the articles I do do for them. So uh, I help you make some very bad predictions from time to time. <laughs> yeah. it's, a fun, it's a fun bit. Yeah, it's, we're probably due for more predictions soon. We'll uh, <laughs> want to do that again soon. Yeah, I'm definitely making them wrong on purpose. That's the that's that's the joke. It's definitely not that I'm t- <laughs> incredibly wrong about everything I try to predict. <laughs> Michael, you wanna you wanna just jump right into the the Louisville City game? Just just rip the bandaid off. Talk about the pain. Uh, yes, let's 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 do that. <laughs> yeah. So after I think a a early in the week high of the coming off the um, open cup game against Detroit. I think the team came back to earth a little bit on, on Friday after some pretty short turnaround, I, I think, which is to, to be fair to the team that Tuesday, Friday is a rough, uh, rough turnaround, especially because both were away games on opposite sides of the country. Uh, do you know, did uh did they return home at all or, or did they go straight from uh, Detroit to, uh, to LA? I never found out for sure, but I, I, I think they would have had to have gone straight to, to LA. I would think unless, yeah, unless they took the bus to Detroit. Um, I would think they probably just went straight to LA, but yeah, not, I think not the performance we were hoping to see <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh yeah, especially uh, staying up till uh, was it ten thirty Eastern start time to uh, yeah. to watch on a on a Friday after. A oh long yeah, not week. to mention all that travel, but then also playing at what playing until after midnight local time. 
yeah, not easy. Not only was it quick turnaround, but due to some injury troubles, um, kind of an unusual lineup for not a lineup we've seen a whole lot in the back on the back line this season yeah. because Dia and uh, Perez are both both were both out due to injury, so both of the outside back positions were sort of swapped up, um, and then uh, Winder was back, which was which is the plus, but. Um, uh, I, I think just due to rotation from the week, the two games in a week, uh, Ian Solaire got the start as the second center back. Yeah, I was wondering how much of that was planned rotation versus, you know, forced rotation. Uh, but, yeah, definitely was not the A team out there on uh, on Friday, which is understandable. You can't put them your A team out there every three days. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> definitely and, understand it. Uh, thank goodness Oscar is back from, from his injury. Cause I think it does help a lot in those situations to, to be able to have Oscar to rotate in. Uh, Cause I think if he were still out injured, that would have been really, really tough to, to put together a back line for that game. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Injuries are, uh, are tough uh, yeah. for the back line for sure. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, racing again uh too but uh yeah been a brutal brutal uh week for the back lines of soccer holdings yeah what what is it with for for both teams it's the it's the back line this week with the injury bug (laughs) yes um well i I didn't even mention it but also i i think this one i have not heard anything about kyle morton being injured so i think this was just a two games in a week rotation but uh parker this is his first start uh, in goal this week as far as the midfield and the forwards go I mean it was not like the regular starting lineup but I think definitely a starting caliber lineup uh, I, the only real change was Wilson Harris was on the the bench at the start of the game which understandable because he he really has been pressing hard for the team uh, this year so he's gonna have to get rest at some point with with as much running as he's doing up top yeah, yeah, it's, you can't uh, continue to run him out uh, in that pressing style, yeah. you know, uh, twice a week. And just the Open Cup has, has meant that they've had a couple of, uh, you know, um, multi-game weeks. So, uh, so yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, and you know. Ben has been joking that this is the question that's going to get him kicked out of the post-game press conferences because he, he, <laughs> he asks every week um, – about Lancaster and how, how his recovery is going and when he's expected back. But I have heard lately that like he's looking pretty good in practice and we're maybe not super far away from, from getting Lancaster back. So that, that would definitely be a big help up top with the rotation. Yeah. You know, a funny tidbit about that. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it or not, but (laughs) who cares? Um, Is that it it was funny. It was uh, maybe two, two weeks ago I was at open practice on for racing on Thursday, and it was Nadia, Oscar, and Cam, all three off to the side, practicing together, uh, you know, working on the same type of stuff. And it's yeah. interesting that Oscar <laughs> the, is back. The lower leg, and, the leg yeah. injury crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, Oscar's back, and Nadia is probably, you know, a June. So, you know, read into that what you will. But they were all three kind of working together, working on the same things together. So I was assuming that their rehab was probably about at the same point. The three yeah. Yeah, I did hear uh, Nadia is not on full contact, but uh, seems like she's back to practicing with the team, which is a, like a really good sign. 
Yeah, she's she's back in full practice. I'd say she's limited a bit, but um, but I think it's you know weeks. We're talking weeks, not months now, and probably a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'm hoping Cam's maybe not far behind that. Well, and I mean, we're complaining about the lineups. So that I think the team was off to a very good start in Los Angeles. That that first goal was pretty great, <laughs> right yeah, off. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted out immediately. Like that didn't take long, and then I just <laughs> learned to, to not ever tweet about Lucidity because it's a disaster after after that. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I had tweeted out like I guess I was <laughs> I was overly pessimistic to be worried about the lineup. <laughs> line yeah. I will say, I mean, like when you're playing a cup at the same time as the season, you're gonna have to make some decisions on which game in the week is your priority. And I will say if coming into the week, you had told me one of these games is going to be a win. And one of these games is going to be a loss. Like, which would you prefer to get the win in? I think it worked out the way I would have wanted it to work out ahead of time. I, I, I would, I think I definitely would rather be advancing in the tournament than, than get the win in Los Angeles. I mean, I would prefer to win them both <laughs> ideally, but if one of them had to be the loss, like I'm glad it was this one and not the Open Cup game. Yeah, isn't there uh, some bit of financial incentive to be the last team standing on the USL side in yes. the Cup? I know they've got Sacramento and Blue City are the two left now. Is that correct? Yep. Team. Right. So the the last team left from their division, so Division Two for USL, gets uh, twenty five thousand dollars, which is not huge yeah. when you spread that across the whole team, but it's not nothing. So definitely, definitely would rather win that than not win it. And it's just, it's just them in Sacramento at this point. So they only have one team <laughs> to outlast. Yeah. I'm not, so if it, if they both lose, I guess it's probably a split. There is a, there is a tiebreaker. I think, I think is it's, okay. uh, um, which I think they might lose the tiebreaker as of right now, but I think it's who has the most, like outright outright wins in regulation, yeah, wins the yeah. tiebreaker. So which probably makes them lose that. So yeah, yeah. since they, they had two win. total penalties, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's fine because I, they're just gonna beat Nashville and they're gonna get the twenty five thousand that way. <laughs> yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be fun match. Um, I, I love the I love the cup matches. Uh, yeah. you know, I've always kind of liked those. I wouldn't say I preferred them, but they're a different atmosphere, yeah. and you know. Uh, went to a couple at Baby Lynn uh, a few years ago. Those were always fun. Those, yeah, uh, that place was so packed. Those were always fun to to go to. That yeah, new, that New England game at Baby Lynn is probably maybe the my most fun Louisville City game I've ever been to. Uh, that was up there with the championships as far as like atmosphere in the stadium. Yeah. I think I was actually sitting in the grass opposite the. Uh, the stands uh for that one so it's actually didn't actually have a seat i was actually maybe an sro ticket where you just kind of go and try to find a shady spot in the grass yeah that one kind of like everything came together for that one because it was like playing an mls team it was in baby lynn which is a really it's a probably a nicer field than slugger but uh smaller capacity so so it, it they really filled it to to the, as many people as you could fit in there and then also it was um andrew farrell uofl graduate his return to louisville games so i think you had a lot a lot of interest on the uofl side um because of that so it's just yeah everything and and it was an extremely entertaining game too there's a, a fun back and forth um 
I think it was three to two, kind of high scoring game. Yeah, if I remember, yeah, correctly, I think that was. I think it ended into three to two. Uh, it's been so long. Uh, you know, I barely remember. You know, I just remember him. that as the own be game. I think like he just completely took control of that one. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. But like I said, I, I had trouble remembering matches from three weeks ago. So, uh. <laughs> but yeah, so early lead um, for for Louisville. I looked looked pretty good at the start. Not super long after they scored, 19 minute, 19 yeah. minute. They let, I mean, it was <laughs> almost all four, right? other than one of them was a penalty kick, but the the lead up to all four Los Angeles goals were pretty much the same, same four times. Yeah, yeah. High was... line got beat with a through ball, and and it was <laughs> two on two on two, two Los Angeles players against the keeper, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I just kept going, you know, again, you know, the same thing beaten by the same, you know, highlight again. You know, it, it's so funny that when they go into the game, um, giving up four goals on the season and then give up four in one game, but it's it just so frustrating to give up those and it really goals seemed like, that are, yeah. It seemed like having a back four that was unfamiliar and have not played a lot of time with each other, like with as high of a line as they played, yeah. like really killed them that game. Because uh, I mean, I, that's that's the thing with a – with a with a back four is you have to be in unison if you're if you're going to play that high you you know if you're going to do that you either got to you know step up and all be off you know pull them offside or you know just be a little bit more organized it's I mean that's to me that's that's the key I went and rewatched and um like on like three of the four of those on the on the ball that was played in like three of the four players on the back line had that player offsides and like three of those times it was just like one player on the far side of the field opposite from where the play happened is who was keeping him on on side which just it feels like communication issues to me that because you you have to sort of develop that sixth sense of we all move up and we all move back together and that's that's not something you can get just without having a lot of playing time together Yep, and that's why you don't see a whole lot of rotation rotation on the um, or maybe you don't see as much rotation on the back line as you do kind of in midfield. Yeah, and the, you know up front is you know for that reason is like if you get a set of defenders that play together, especially if you're you know playing in in the style that Lucy likes to play. Yeah. Uh, you need to have that coordination. So you know again you know like sub in one, but you know injuries and yeah. um, in that, in that you know, system, I would say. Uh, like coordination and ability to play together almost trumps individual skill skill from any of the those defenders as well in that system because i i i wanted to mention i I think i don't know how much i've tweeted about it but i i've been pretty harsh this season on i I do not feel comfortable whenever ian solaire is is in the lineup back there it seems like that that has been when they've struggled the most on defense and i do not uh, in his defense, I don't think it's necessarily that he's like a really bad individual defender or anything he's necessarily doing, uh, but it, it does seem like the communication between the back line is not not as good when he's been out there as, as when he is. I think um, Winder and Tosh and, and Charpy are seem to be a lot more on the same page whenever any of the three of them are the pairing back there. I, you know, I have a personal preference to say you have two center backs and you stick with them. And, you know, unless there's injury, you don't mess with that. 
I don't think they get tired like other players do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can have three and rotate them in and out. But, you know, you look at, you know, successful clubs, especially over in Europe, you know, unless you're playing a back three, if you're playing a back four, the two center backs don't really change a whole lot. They kind of play consistently together and kind of know where each other's going to be. And it's typically only injury that makes them rotate out of that. So I'm a big fan of it, having having your two center backs and then not deviating a whole lot from that. But, you know, there's always going to be injuries. You're always going to have to rotate a bit. So, you know, understandable. As far as the rest of the game goes, I, I thought actually on the off- offensive side of the ball, quite a good game for Louisville. I mean, they, I think they were creating scoring opportunities well, and they made the most of the ones they had. I, I thought um, Niles' um, free kick was yes. was just a great, um, a well a well executed play. Um, I think it's Solaire was the one on the wall there, but just a super heads up smart play. Have Solaire on the end of the wall there, and then right as Nile runs up to kick, he just sidesteps and Nile kicks it directly where he was standing. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that was that was uh, that was a nice one. I think it was kind of funny that <laughs> that uh, Galaxy Two decided to to not opt for a player on the ground, uh, which I'm I'm not sure how why that's ever a thing. But in that case, I was wondering, you know, if that would maybe. I mean, it, it I don't think it would have affected that one, but it was like yeah. I've seen a lot of lot of teams decide the player on the ground's the way to go on that one. But that was a low <laughs> kick, and I'm like, oh well, the player on the ground might actually have helped. But then going back and rewatching it, was like, no, I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah. Uh, but the player on the ground is always hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. To see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I would hate to draw short straw to be a player on the ground. <laughs> you know, I think I think if you get a foul throw or a foul throw in practice or whatever, that's probably your punishment. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, um, <laughs> Benton texted me cause he, he's, he's at a wedding last weekend the way, like he always is. Um, <laughs> and so he was, he was rewatching the game afterwards and you know, he said he was pretty excited to watch it. I don't know why I, he knew the score. Um, but yeah, I was, I was like, here, let me save you some time. When you see the first Los Angeles goal, just like hit rewind and replay that four times and you'll have the gist of it. So got the lead back two one and then sort of the same story over and over again, like high line yeah. getting beat, like one player leaving the player on side. I mean, but you know, to give the galaxy credit, they were fine moves, which you can yeah. mess up if you're, if you don't execute them. Um, and they had you know, some perfectly. speed up top. I mean, like that, they definitely were, were ready to, I think, Teams have like Louisville has played the same style for several years now. And I think teams have known that this is the way you beat it. Um, but like so far this year, no one's been able to execute that properly. So I, I guess, you know, props to Los Angeles, like they, they had the correct game plan and they executed on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, again, against, you know, a, a back line that hadn't played together, but yeah, it's like, that's all you can only play against the team that the other, your opponents throw out and, you know, credit to them for, capitalizing on their opportunities i'm not sure they had many more of you know i don't know how many shots they had it couldn't have been more than they did five not or have six. Any. Um, <laughs> it seemed like they the hit stats. them all <laughs> you know they had six shots and scored four goals <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's uh that's a good uh, conversion rate um well and it like i i don't want to i don't want to pick on parker because i i think he got hung out to dry on all four 
well, I mean, one of those was a penalty kick or which like, you're not going to save that, but 20% of the time, no matter what you right. do anyway, but uh, on the goals, like there was not much, much he could have done, but I think he also did not do as much as he could have done on, on, on all three of those. Yeah. I mean, uh, but he know, was put in a very tough position anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, there was one of them that I thought that he had no shot on, I think yeah. was maybe the, the I mean, one that, that was the equalizer that made it two, two, the second one from Dunbar, maybe um, he had no shot on that one, you know, on the early one, maybe you make a different move, but again, I don't think any of them were his fault. Yeah. You know? No. But, on the, uh, the very first one, I think he got, he kind of got caught. He was pretty far off his line um, at the start of that and kind of got caught trying to both play the shot and play the pass. So you, in that situation, you end up kind of playing neither. Um, hey, it sounds like me whenever I play defense. In front of the guy. <laughs> we hang you like out to dry all the time too. So. Like, oh, well, I've stopped neither. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, like I said, I, it's not as if he would have been expected to make any of those, but yeah, I, I just feel like with the season that Kyle Morton has had, it, he just feels invincible back there. Like he, he has had a couple times this season where teams have beat the high line and gotten like a player one-on-one with him. And it seems like every single time he's made the correct move there uh, this year. Yeah. But the problem was none of these were one-on-ones. They were yeah, all, these, these were all two-on-ones, which is, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think that you don't have much of a prayer on them. Yeah. Not a game I want to dwell on particularly long. I, I think, you know, that breaks the unbeaten streak, but honestly, like the streak was gonna come to an end at some point that those things can only last so long. I think there's, they're still in first in the East, like still sitting good. Um, I, I am, I am hopeful that players will get some rest. I think we have a normal amount of time off before that Monterey Bay game at plus we're back at home. So uh, I, I, I'm feeling pretty good moving forward. Um, yeah. It was, it was also encouraging to see Harris get one back. Um, yeah back late yeah i mean they kept uh, it a game all the way till the very end they yeah they I mean, seemed I still, like they were I mean, maybe was, gonna tie it up four four at some point yeah I'm, if they had i had a tweet ready for for that uh, scenario but they didn't so i didn't get to tweet it so i just <laughs> yeah. it was only a one goal loss so their their goal differential didn't even get get that much of a knock so yeah better better early to worry about goal differential but you know i my my philosophy is there's no advantage ever in losing, but no. you know, oh, well, it's early in the season. You can, you know, chalk it up to bad luck or, you know, bad performance or whatever, but uh, yeah, move on. Move Next on. Game. Long, long yeah. season. We're only like a third of the way through at this point. So yeah, let's see. I, I mentioned it in passing, but coming up this week, this weekend, they play Monterey Bay at home. Who's a brand new team, not off to the greatest start. <laughs> so far yeah. i was going to say i had no concept of, of who they are and where they are i i had nothing to back this up but just like coming into the year it's like this this does not feel like a team that's going to succeed to me they they put their roster together like really late um yeah they they just seem like one of those teams that's maybe not going to be around super long <laughs> i hate to be i hate to hopefully a good opportunity for louisville to get some mojo back beat up yeah, on another be. team like they did atlanta <laughs> Yeah, should should be should be a chance. Um, plus, always it's nice to get to see the new teams. I like to see the league grow. I hope for success on the business end for Monterey Bay, but yeah. not on the field this week. 
Yeah. Now we're going to get into this later a little bit, but uh, Monterey Bay, uh, you know, the image that it brings up in your mind, I picture that they should probably have a pretty cool kit. Any idea what their kit looks like? Uh, uh, so their their crest is pretty generic, which doesn't give me good good feelings about their their home kit is fairly standard, just like navy blue with with some kind of like teal accents. Nothing. I mean, it's not it's not bad, but like nothing great. They're awake or either they're away or they're third. The solid teal one is pretty nice. I like that. Decent, decent with one of their kits. Not so great with the other. It's kind of, yeah, kind of meh. I think that covers everything we needed with Louisville. So we will cut to some, some advertisements, pay some bills around here, and then we'll, we'll get to racing, get to more of your expertise. Let's <laughs> not call it expertise and get hopes up. I mean, <laughs> well, listen, it, you're as much of an expert at that as, any of us are at, at anything so <laughs> before we before we cut i just wanted to shout out our um our sponsor on the state of louisville network the what's next with eric wood podcast if any of you have not had a chance to listen hosted by former L player uh, eric wood and he talks to to different sports business and um people about you know creativity and what they're doing this very interesting podcast that touches on a variety of subjects so Super thankful to him for the sponsorship. Yeah, now we'll hear some more ads. Are you enjoying the Bombos Morados podcast? Of course you are. And there's much more where that came from. The Bombos Morados podcast is part of the State of Louisville podcast network, featuring podcasts that includes coverage of Louisville basketball, men's and women's, football, baseball, Louisville news, and more. So check them out at thestateoflouisville.com or anywhere the podcasts are found. And we're back. Now we've hit up all the the depressing Louisville City news for the week. I think I'm feeling a little better with with racing this week. And so let's touch on that Houston game. How how were you feeling about that? I, it's another draw. You definitely I I would like to see some wins, but also like I, I don't feel bad about <laughs> the draws they've had so far. Yeah, it's just disappointing going in because you know. And again, I'll, I'll say this. I, I'm I don't think I'll get in trouble for this, but I mean, if you go to, if you go to racing's open practice on Thursdays, you get a decent sense of what the team's going to look like. So when uh, I showed up, you know, Saturday night and saw the lineup on Twitter, I'm like, whoa, that's quite a bit different than what I thought the <laughs> coach was going to throw out there. And after the match, we found out why, but um, you know, I think, uh, based on who was out there for, for racing, it was a decent point. Yeah. Uh, they do need to start uh, picking up three points soon, but, you know, they have to have their best players out there to do that. So, you know, we'll see how that goes for the immediate future. Um, Cause that's not sounding super encouraging at the moment. Um, well, I mean, you mentioned it was not the starting lineup we expected from the last practice. It was not even the starting lineup we expected from when the lineup was announced. No. Yeah. Because there was a late substitution of Simon for Bonner. At yeah. Least yeah. Bonner, Bonner was on go. the, yeah. uh, on like the starter board at the stadium yep. and got pulled very last second. 
yeah, I tweeted that out, I think, right as the match started. I'm like, well, there's Simon, and why is Simon out there? And I was trying to figure out, well, who did he replace? Oh, well, there's no Bonner, so that's not good. <laughs> well, and I, I was looking at the I was looking at the lineup sheet, and I was like, I mean, there, I think it was a good move to shift, uh, to bring in Simon to play center back there. But I, I was looking, I was like, there are, <laughs> there are no other defenders on the roster now. Like those back four are the last four defenders they have available to play tonight. You know, and of course, Simon goes off. I think it was like, uh, you know, around 25 minutes left to play. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I don't know what we're doing here because we don't have anybody on the bench. (laughs) One of, one of my more, one of my more proud soccer moments, because my, my parents got, have gotten season tickets this year. So they're at, they're at all the game the games with us now. And like, she started cramping, and the trainer came out and I turned to dad. I was like, there's no other defender left to sub in for her. <laughs> and I was like, I think the only thing they could possibly do is, is shift Neely Martin over to center back and then sub in a forward and um, shift Malay back to, to right back. And that, that ended up being exactly what they did. So I got to look very smart to my father <laughs> about soccer <laughs> rotations. Uh, Cause I think it was, um, I think that is when they brought on Kaiser. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, Ekic. There we go. That's when they brought on Ekic. So she, she moved into um, Malay's spot and Malay shifted back. So, it, which, yeah. yeah, I think was, <laughs> I think oh, I mean, because that was my prediction, I think was a good move. That was about the only choice I think coach had. Yeah. If you, um, if you read my article this week, you know, not only was it four players from, from the um, starting lineup, it was basically two more uh, players uh, out of the position they'd been practicing in because um, I, my what they showed at practice was Fox at right back. And of course, he started at left back. And, um, you know, low Malay up front, and they ended up going with, with uh, Davis there. It was really, you know, it was it was four enforced actual personnel changes, but a, even a couple people playing out of the position which they planned to play. I mean, I don't think Fox is ever out of position, and Malay is comfortable in midfield and can play wherever. Yeah, um, but I, w- but, I was know, gonna it, shout out Malay. I mean, like I have been super big on Lauren Malay last couple of weeks, but yeah, another I think great performance for for her. She just like runs and runs and runs where like you just point her in a direction she's got so much energy and and is able to fill so many different positions for the team yep and i mean i think that's the thing that we've figured out with with this team and who um you know coach bjorkigan wants to play is if you know you have to run yeah and then um you know Lowe's gonna run all day so she's gonna almost always play because because i mean they you're right she can play anywhere you know she runs her butt off every match yeah um, you know, so she's gonna she's gonna play. Um, Speaking you know, of running, <laughs> I think this game has what may be my favorite racing Louisville gif. It's certainly up until now, but definitely one I'm gonna hold on to for all time. Fox just hitting the turbo button on <laughs> on the brake. And... Are, are you sure it was Fox? Because the announcers didn't get that right. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I'm sure as Emily Fox just watching it happen. You could have blurred yes, out. I was too. I, I was watching the replay and I'm like, wait a minute. Did I miss something here? I, I, did they mistake her for Martin or somebody? I can't remember. But it was like, that's obviously Fox. And Fox is see- no, I mean, no, no disrespect to anyone else on the team, but I, Fox is the only player on the team that could have been. Yeah. And did you see Jess McDonald call the announcers out on that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, I love to beat up on the league and the broadcast, but yeah. but I I'll just do it again. I, they they've got to get better with some of that stuff. I will be flabbergasted and heartbroken if they renew their contract with the current broadcast team without some serious upgrades in both the cameras and the crews because yeah, I, the, they are they are just flat out terrible. They sound so unprepared. It seems to me like whatever the deal they signed with Paramount, um, or I guess with CBS, uh, was not a very favorable deal for the league because they keep getting, they keep getting shoehorned into playing games at like terrible times just to get them on TV, which I, I don't think is being super helpful. And yeah, games are not consistently on Paramount. They jump around to Twitch. Uh, yeah, I, I have. And and the quality of the, the of the streams and of the the actual production has has been lacking a little bit. I, yeah, it, and it's I, I don't get people's obsession with being on broadcast television anymore. I mean, people make a big debt big deal out of being on you know big CBS or whatever, but I don't think that's important anymore. I mean, I would much. Rather, I mean, especially if you're going to be on at like 10 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd much rather say ESPN ESPN owns the rights, so everybody knows it's going to take an ESPN Plus subscription to get everything, but they're always going to be on ESPN. If you are on something like CBS, you know, who knows? You get, you know, you get you get Twitch, you got the Paramount Plus app, you got, you know, CBS Sports, you got, you know, big CBS, you know, even NBC is a little bit more clear with how they do. It annoys you know, me that sports. I pay for paramount plus and then can't watch the games that are on cbs sports yeah that's a killer i i happen to have cbs sports i think with with one of my subscriptions or whatever yeah. but yeah it's just um, i mean it just it they just it seems like the broadcasters just don't take the league yeah. seriously which is a shame but and, and i think like know. a good tv deal can really help a league because i but well, this isn't a league necessarily but i i wanted to mention that i think the u.s open cup signing the deal with ESPN that they did is probably the best decision that that tournament's made in, in a long time, because it, it has been so much easier to watch all the games this year. Um, and this past week during the round of 32, they did, um, they did the goal casts where they had like a studio crew that, that did interviews the whole time. And they flipped to whichever game was the most interesting at the moment. And anytime, anytime a goal was scored in any of the games, they, flipped over to that game it was just it made it so much easier to follow the tournament having like a nice central location like that you know as much as i dislike espn (laughs) uh you know it it is a good platform to have stuff like that i think espn carries both the fa cup and the carabao cup um for the uh for england and i know they do a lot of the cups other cups in europe um so yeah it's just i mean there's so many better options you know it'd be interesting you know i think amazon wants to get more and more into this if they decide to step up and do something like that you know it's surprising to me that netflix 
hasn't really gotten into the live sports unless I'm missing something. Yeah. Although you know, I don't that, know. Lately, I don't know if they're in a position to be adding things. Well, I mean, if you want a different revenue stream, <laughs> that might be uh, something new that they haven't done. Because uh, just about every other streaming platform has some kind of sports flat platform. I don't think Netflix does. Not that we're here to solve Netflix's issues. Well, but... I mean, I'll just vent a little bit. But I love both Louisville City and racing. I like I follow both teams. But I'll just come out and say that like the NWSL is a more important soccer league than the USL. And it's a shame that the USL seems to have a better TV deal <laughs> than the NWSL. Um, yeah, it, it um, I would say it, it is. And I would agree that the NWSL is a more important league. And they also seem to get the short straw on the officials that they draw as well. Yeah, you know, that's officiating and TV. Yeah, but just a lot yeah. of, in a lot of areas, they, yeah, are not matching even what the second tier league is, is doing currently in the U.S., which is fr- very yes. frustrating. Yes, very frustrating. Anyway, I don't think we've talked about the match at all. It was <laughs> it's great. Um, it was, yeah, a very enjoyable match. Um, yeah, do you want to break it down a little bit? Uh, you know, it, it was funny for me. It, it, the first half to me just seemed a little bit lethargic yeah. for both teams. I think we kind of know why now for um, for racing. and Dealing with a lot take. of last-minute changes has to really throw, especially for the first half, really throw the whole team off. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, sometimes you have a have an entertaining nil-nil first half. I don't think that was one in, in the first half of the match. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't as entertaining as racing's first halves have been. They've been eventful. So to have a you know, an uneventful first half, you know, nil-nil actually was a little bit of a surprise and maybe yeah. a little bit of a relief is that hey, you know, they went into this and now it's a 45-minute match. Um, I, I will know, say the- Houston, I think racing kind of got fortunate on a couple, a couple plays where Houston, I thought made some very good crosses into the box that players just like slipped and did not get good contact on to get shots. Um, so I, I was a little worried about that. Um, yeah, I, there was uh, quite a bit of slippage and I, yeah, think it, we, the, uh, we know who the fan base blames, um, blames for the slippage, but, uh, I don't know if uh, how much that had to do with anything, but well, uh, even before the concert, I noticed um, in the in the last Louisville City game before um, before the concert, players were slipping a lot too. I, I don't know what specifically is going on with the field, but it does seem for a couple of weeks now like I've noticed an, a more than usual amount of slipping from players that that I'm not sure exactly what's causing that. I think they might have had a problem early in the year, early in the season last year, too. Um, It seemed like maybe the turf maybe had some improvements later on in the year. I don't know. A tough turf field is is tough to manage. That's why a lot of um, a lot of teams will go. Well, you know, a grass field, I should say, is tough to manage. That's why a lot of teams go with, you know, a turf field, a little bit easier for the upkeep. Um, I think it's worth it's worth the pain, though, because it is so much nicer to play to watch games played on grass and to play on grass. You know, when, when you have a nice grass field, you know, I yeah. think you and I both prefer the uh, the turf at the futsal field over the terrible grass fields that we have. Oh, yeah. Professional <laughs> professional soccer teams aren't playing on, on the field at Thurman Hitchens like we are on Saturdays. You're not learning out, you know, stepping in holes and worried about twisting ankles or whatever. <laughs> there's not 
there aren't hills in front of the goal that will send a shot on the ground over the top of the crossbar. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but uh, so in any way, obviously Houston, Houston scores on you know, which I think seems to be a, a bit of a theme for for racing this year is just they cannot get the ball out of their box and they've had a lot of second chance opportunities go in against them. I do feel like on this one specifically, it was just kind of a super unfortunate bounce off that crossbar. Yeah. Because yeah, um, I did Lund got got a hand on that shot um and and sent it up into the crossbar. And I feel like a lot of times that'll that'll just go over the crossbar or hit the crossbar and go out of bounds. And it just yeah. happened to hit at just the right spot to bounce right back to a Houston player for a follow-up shot. Yeah. And it, of course it falls to Michelle Prince, who I guess is contractually obligated to score against racing yeah. uh, just about every time she plays. So yeah, Houston's got their uh, number this year. Uh, it uh, was so funny. So yeah, done with Houston. I don't want to see Houston anymore, but you know, we'll take a, take a point. Uh, but then, um, you know, a few minutes later, what was it like six or seven minutes later? I don't have the, the match. Yeah, 77th minute is when yeah. Houston scored and then 82nd minute is when uh racing tied it up so yeah on, on, a, on a really good cross from uh Malay into the into the box yeah. that um you know I don't know if you saw the um the angle from um the scouse house view of the goal um if you haven't seen that you should look it up because on uh, jess's header the keeper for for houston is just flat foot and just watches it go into the oh, yeah. bottom corner she's like she says no prayer of I, stopping um, it and doesn't even try i just happened to be up in the press box for the goal so i had the view like directly over top of jess's shoulder like uh and the the angle was just perfect like <laughs> right into the side of the crossbar into the side netting like placed yeah. as well as it possibly could have been placed yeah it's, it's always it's interesting as good as she is in the air um that you know they elected to have her do those long throw-ins from time to yeah. time um you know it's fun it's there's there's been twice now where i've asked her a question and she's basically no comment in me um <laughs> So she no commented me on that when I asked that after the first match. It's like, hey, are we going to see more of that? She basically said, no comment. Uh, and then I asked her um, after this match how much sleep she got on the plane, and she no commented me on that one because coach was standing right there, and I think she was supposed to be sleeping on the plane. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it is a skill she has to to get it to the box from the sideline, but it's also like she is the person you would most want to be on the end of that pass as well. So it's which of those outweighs the other one in a game where Bonner is out, who's probably, I would say the other big target for set pieces in the box. You'd probably rather her be in the box there than making the throw. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, this was from, from open play. So open play, you know, always good. Always much rather score from open play. The goals are more entertaining. So oh yeah. Was it Ekich who made the initial run and then laid yes. it off back to Malay? I, I don't yeah, think we was mentioned Ekic. her, but it was a good run from her to start that playoff. Yeah, it was a nice run. It was a nice bit of sustained possession, but a good run from Ekich uh, to kind of work it into a dangerous area. And then, you know, nice cross from Malay to get it into the into the box. Um, but yeah, just a well-worked uh, goal. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny, and this is probably a little bit of, you know, bias. Seems like racing's goals are always, you know, they're the goals they score are pretty, and the ones they give up are ugly. 
but yeah. you know, that's probably going to be out of the beholder a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> um, I didn't mention it, but speaking of pretty goals, that DeMello almost had another free kick. Um, yeah, one of those is going to go in. Just and she's- barely missed the top corner again. Um, yeah, she's going to get one of those soon. Um, I think I like her as the um, free kick uh, taker. I think the corner taker, too. I like her in that role. You know, I wrote a little bit about this, too. Um, she had a really good know, game nothing, overall, I feel like. Yeah, nothing against Hal. Um, and like I said, since Hal plays a little bit deeper, sometimes the things she does just don't get noticed yeah. as much by the, the casual fan. But, um, you know, it's like DeMello has been really, really good. And if you had to say – you know, who's, who's racing's, you know, rookie of the year B- before the season started, I think everybody said, well, it'll be how, and it won't be close. And now I don't know what we would say. Yeah. Um, and it's nothing against how the just been that good. Well, and I, I think cause I, a few years ago before her injury, I think that wouldn't sound surprising. Cause I think DeMello was, uh, before the injury in college was, was expected to be maybe number one pick um, playing for the national team. And so it is very good to see her recovery to the point where she's getting back to maybe some of those pre-injury expectations from before. Yeah. Cause like it's, it's really like having two number one picks without having a single number one pick. It's uh, you know, if they can stick around for a while and they seem like, uh, you know, they're both both happy here. If you can get them on maybe a second contract, watch out. Yeah. You know, if you could get DeMello and, and Hal and Fox on a second contract, all three of them at the same time, racing yeah. could be really, really dangerous. It's a very good core. Yes. Well, and uh, how playing that central defensive midfield position, I mean, that's a very – it's very complicated, and you also don't get a lot of, like, nice stats to look at out of it. Um but it really, really relies on like almost a psychic ability to know where everyone else on your team is at all times and where they're going to be and where, what, where to serve the ball to them, where to, where to recover on defense for people. And so I do think just, just from the nature of the position she plays, you know, you would expect it to take a little more time for her to really get fully up to speed with the team. So I would not be surprised to see her really, really come on towards the end of the season as, as she starts to click with everybody. Yeah. And it's a really fun position yeah. to play too. I mean, cause you are, you are pulling the strings um, yeah. at that, that, you know, in, in that, you know, kind of defensive holding midfielder role. Um, so yeah, well, it's really like, like it's not necessarily thankless, but it's, it's like you disappear if you play it really well. Um, like the, the better you play that position, like the, the less people will even notice you're there, but it's like, I, I always rate how well a, a central, uh, defensive midfielder is doing just by how well the team is doing. That's like almost the best gauge. Cause that really is the position that holds, holds everything together. Yeah. But uh, you know, it doesn't go completely unnoticed by, you know, kind of, you know, people that really, you know, understand the game. Um, I just mean that when, when you're watching casually, it's one of those, it's like the better you do. I, it's almost like, um, I think scores in movies that they say this about it too. It's like, if it does its job, you don't notice it's there. As far as racing goes, 
at, did you have any uh, any final thoughts on the game? I mean, it was a fair result, I thought. Um, you know, again, you'd like for them to get three points. I feel like they've been um, – it's it's so frustrating, the games they've been close to three points. Um, they just hate things haven't gone their way, and they had one where they just absolutely, you know, killed Kansas City and got three points there, but there would have been so many other opportunities to get three points um, early in the season, and things just haven't quite broken their way. Yeah. Um, you know, they got San Diego coming up, which will probably – that game will be over by the time this, this – Yeah, probably by uh, the time this posts it. It has not happened as of the recording, but will probably be over – um, when this posts so we won't we yeah, don't so maybe do too in depth of a preview of that i yeah, think yeah that really has the potential to be a statement game um but yeah, with all the goes, roster questions that really throws that up in the air yeah you know the only thing is um you know san diego's playing well yeah um none there i looked at their stats it's like you might say they don't deserve nine points but they deserve at least five yeah um and i mean you could argue that they deserve all nine um, you know, they got a little bit lucky with penalties, um, which, but some of that we think is by design, uh, how they play. Yeah. Um, but you know, Frayson can pick up, you know, three points there. I think, be, I, I guess I meant a statement game, good. not necessarily in that. Oh, that's, that's an easy one for them to win. But I think if they win that game, people around the league will notice. Yeah. That will definitely put racing on a lot of NWSL followers radars with a win there because yeah. San Diego is hot right now. They're hot and they have the uh, worst kits in the league. I was about to say, we, we finished up the game. So we want to get to the fun part, which is just making fun of everyone's <laughs> kits. Do you want to give some background? So <laughs> M- Michael has an article coming out next week on, on kits. So I thought it would be fun to have him on to do some kit talk this week. Yeah. So I, I am a, I am a kit nerd a bit um and people get tired sick and tired of me talking about arsenal i'm sure but that's kind of you know i i'm an arsenal fan before i was you know a fan of anything else and um zach and i play you know pick up on the weekends i have probably come out in at least 20 different arsenal jerseys it seems uh, like a different one every week uh, i usually try to rotate through them i you know i've gotten i think i've gotten every single one of their jerseys back uh, going back to the 11, 12 season. And I've got some older ones past that. Um, but yeah, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a kit nerd. I try to stick, just stick to, you know, um, you know, my teams from a, um, a, um, you know, personal preference perspective. Um, you know, we'll say um, that last year's uh, home city kit has been my favorite city kit. Because it had the white sleeves. Yeah, because it looked like an Arsenal kit. Because <laughs> it looked like an Arsenal kit. Yes, exactly. It looked like an Arsenal kit, except it was pers- purple. I think I even said that. So that's been my favorite Blue City kit. Uh, but uh, the other thing I like is um, kit ranking. So, um, and I am being, also a huge kit nerd. So I was, I was very happy to to hear this article was was coming together. Yeah. So it's it's you know something I've been thinking about. I really wanted to do one last year, and it just didn't. Um, it didn't work out just because I, I think it got to be too late in the season before it occurred to me. And, you know, all the kits had been out by this point. Everybody had seen them. They yeah. You got to strike when it's hot with kits. Yeah. So, you know, it's the thing is like, Hey, I'll, I'll do this before the season starts. And of course the NWSL can't get <laughs> back together. The league so had other, 
<laughs> you know, we're in the middle of the season and San Diego barely has kits. It looks like they went down to the local Dick's Sporting Goods and bought, you know, a bunch of Nike ones off the rack and just hot I mean, ironed their logo on them. It's been a recurring theme in our in our text thread of me checking in, like, do, do we have San Diego kits yet? The <laughs> games this weekend, and then we get to the first weekend or we get to the the challenge cup, it's like still no kits. <laughs> we get to the start of the season, still no kits. Yeah. So, you know, let's so the thing about kits though is is you know, in the Premier League, um, there are several kit ranking articles that come out every year. Yeah. And if you if you if you're on my site at all, you, you, everything I, I write is stolen straight from the Premier League um, fan site um, playbook. You know, player ratings, you know, match analysis, and goofy stuff Yeah, um, that you Love would see on stuff. any. Big goofy stuff fans here on the pod. Yeah, so um, so this goes into goofy stuff uh, category. But, but I do love the kit rankings because, um, you know, because at least in um, – in England, uh, you you get the um, the opposing fans are rational enough to say, "Wow, you know, I don't follow West Ham, but boy, their kit this year sure is sharp." Yeah, you know, it's like I hate Liverpool with a passion, but I love when they have that little bit of a tinge of a green on their kit. I think it makes it look sharp. Yeah, um, you know, you know things like that. You know, that's like I love the um, Aston Villa. Um, and kind of West Ham color schemes. The big uh, fan, of, yeah, I, yeah. The, I love the, both the of their clear and sky blue. Oh yeah, and, and um, you know sometimes you know it, it's just so so funny. You know, like Manchester United has the most boring kits in the world, in my opinion. Um, you know, Chelsea will come out with some cool ones every now and then. Uh, you know, Manchester City could work in some nice ones every once in a while. I mean, Manchester United has for for a while now had like maybe my biggest pet peeve in kit design, which is like the sponsor logo should be solid colors. And that like giant Chevy logo on the front of their kits always has looked so out of place. Cause it's United. Uh, United. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, it's, I think it's one of the worst sponsor integrations. I don't even know if they still have it. I haven't followed them this season, but for, for ever now they've I- had that big Chevy logo. Yeah, with like might. the big gradient and it's multiple colors and it's just yeah it does not mesh with any design well yeah, but we but we could talk premier league kits all day there yeah. you know a lot of them are, are are gorgeous um they're they're works of art and there's basically zero limits on what you can do you just got to have enough color schemes so that you don't clash with an opponent yeah. that's why they have third kits too and I- I feel like the because I will I will bring this back to NWSL, but I think um, well this is a little city problem too. Um, a thing that I feel like a lot of the Premier League teams do so well is that they have a lot of them have like a they have a theme that their home their their usual home and away kits generally stick to. Yes, um, they they do a good job of playing with that theme in interesting ways. But they they always kind of have something like we we mentioned West Ham, um, like you kind of you know, kind sort of ballpark of what their home kit's going to look like every year. But every Premier League team also really has fun with the alternates. Like anything is anything is 
is go for the alternates. They they do not feel the need to stick to their existing color scheme. Uh, like that's where you, you know, because if you're a fan of a team and you want to wear a jersey around, like sometimes you want jerseys that are not necessarily the colors the teams normally have. And so you always you always have lots of alternates to go to for for lots of crazy designs and colors and things. Yeah, it's um, so like if you if you looked in at my uh, the Arsenal uh, jersey section of my closet, there's one in just about every color. Yeah, because you. Um, they they a good job. They mix up the alternates every year, so you've got something to go to. Whereas I, I feel like right. Louisville City has always felt kind of hemmed in. It, their alternates are for the last five or six years have either been a jersey that could have been the home kit <laughs> that year, it's just like a mostly purple jersey, or yeah. it's either black or gray. It, it like Ugh. there's not been a lot of variation there um, in a way that <laughs> I find kind of. A, from a fan perspective, I would like to have had more options there. Yeah, um, and, and then any of itself doesn't even allow alternates. So, yeah, well, and I think you and I have talked about this, and we'll go right back right into the NWSL after this. But you and I have talked about uh, the the black, gray, and for me, navy kits yeah. are so lazy. I hate them. Yeah. Um, I absolutely, especially in American that. sports, like yeah, I mean, we're good on red and navy kits in American sports. Yeah. So anyway, so the NWS, so this this is this would be a blast. You would hope that you know the teams could go wild and have these fantastic kids. But and no, it's a really NWS- good way to sell the league to. I mean, people like kit kit fandom is a thing, and like a really good original, interesting soccer kit will get you a lot of uh, a lot of eyeballs outside of maybe your normal fans of your league like kits really make a splash and like there is a whole a whole community around those that can definitely like give your league bigger exposure so i would think of all the places kits are where you do not want to skimp on like the money (laughs) for designing and and producing no but the nwsl being what it is it says nope you get a light kit you get a you get a dark kit and a light kit and you don't get a whole lot of variation between those so you can't really have anything other than a white kit for your light kit and your dark kit. Yeah. A little bit of room there, but you know, it has to um, be dark. So in a, in a fair world where uh, number one, uh, the NWSL teams could pick their own kit manufacturers, which they can't and understand why that's kind of an American thing to where the leagues have their own, um, a lot of leagues, and let's say all of them, but you know the NFL, well, and the NBA, they all have the they have, they have their own kit manufacturers. And I don't so know if the a, the legal structure of the league even would make different manufacturers for each team possible because it right it is kind of a it is not exactly single entity, but is is essentially single entity. Um, yeah, so it you know probably wouldn't be possible, but but anyway, you know in a fair world. Uh, Racing the NBA has, still has cool alternates, even though it's oh, all yeah, like they absolutely so, do. Yeah. But you know, they sell you know how many more kits? Yeah. Than, you know, the NWSL you know sells. Uh, not that the NWSL, yeah, but they sell don't more, sell as much because they don't have the cool ones. That's yeah, the, they yeah, don't have the cool it's, ones. it's like a chicken and egg situation. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if uh, you know, so you know, all things being equal, racing should have a lavender kit every year and a mint kit every year, and they can work in a white if they want or can uh, kind of a um, you know do the, something crazy you know. with the third yeah 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 but no they're limited by you know the templates and kind of whatever they can do so so is every other team so 
Um, so the the kit ranking is kind of a, it's not a bummer, but it's um, you know it, it's hemmed in a little bit by that because you're not really allowed to be uh, that creative unless you want to pay a fine to the league. Um, Which I I think sometimes is super worth it. (laughs) Right. But uh, I think we got some rule followers in soccer holdings. They don't want to make anybody (laughs) mad. Um, But anyway, I think everybody would agree that that racing's, uh, you know, home kit is uh, one of the better ones. Oh, yeah. But one of the reasons that I wanted to do the uh, kit rankings was I wanted to see what everybody else thought about that. So I tried to rope in as many content creators from from, uh, other, that covered other teams. To, um, to, to help me rank the kits because I could have asked you, Becky, Benton, uh, Tom, uh, you know, all of us to rank the kits and we're all going to rank racing's home kit as number one. Yeah, um, I, I will say I did try very hard to be objective, objective with mine. And I, I think I can pretty comfortably say that had racing's home kit been another team's home kit, I think it would still be my favorite. It's just like, it's everything that I want in a kit. So I, I don't think I'm being too much of a homer with that one. And I think that kit did get a lot of outside of the Louisville circles recognition when it was launched. Like I, yeah. that was it. I think that's one of the best moves that the team has made is that home kit. It's, it is polarizing. So you get a lot of response to it, but some of it was yeah, I think overly, a good kit overly. is polar. I mean, it's gotten them a lot of, it's gotten a lot of outside of normal, like Louisville and normal NWSL circles attention. It gets some attention yes. at least. Yeah. Sometimes it's yeah. good attention. Sometimes it's bad attention, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so basically when, when everybody gets their surveys back to me, I'm going to go in and do a kit ranking. Um, I will probably normalize them and remove, I'll probably do a couple different versions. I'll do the overall raw aggregate with everybody's scores. And then I'll go through and remove, um, you know, for example, I'll remove uh, Zach's rankings of the uh, racing kits and Becky's rankings of the racing kits and um and do a different score that way so we kind of have a normalized version of that but the fun part of that will be everybody gets to talk trash or praise the uh well, I, I will say that my number two kit was probably from my <laughs> team i disliked the most in the league so yeah well yeah it's like you can hate a team and love their kit so um so yeah it's just hopefully everybody has fun with it, it was again something to be fun this uh this fan base takes itself way too seriously a lot of the time yeah <laughs> so they need uh they need some fun articles to chill out against you know and if uh somebody gets mad about the kit rankings then you'll find anything in the world to get mad about so uh so most of people didn't... any kits like, i guess we'll just throw the the racing ones out of the mix because everyone everyone in town knows about the racing kits so of the other ones were there any of any that particularly stuck out for you as it's particularly good or particularly bad. I know a lot of them stuck out as particularly bad <laughs> for you. Um, the the ones, the one that I'll mention that I haven't gone through and done my rankings yet, I'll probably wait and do them uh, later this week. Um, the one that I really liked, um, and, it, and it probably not for the reason that everybody else likes it, that I really like the light version of the rain kit. Um, yeah, me too. That was there, really high in my rankings as well. Yeah, a lot of people like the um, the names of all the players down the middle, um, um, you know, listed, which is kind of a neat um, anything uh, that they included in the kit. So that's a it's nice really study. well incorporated into the z- design, which is big. Yeah, it, big it for was. Me. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I didn't put in into the rules 
either uh, because I didn't want to influence anybody. But um, it's always nice when your sponsor is not a huge corporation uh, either. So having the Black Future Fund be there. And, uh, and it's well integrated into the design. Like it doesn't, yes. it doesn't look like it doesn't belong. Right. Um, so that, that's, a for plus. that's a plus for them. But the thing that I like is it, it, for me, it's hard to beat a red, white, and blue kit. And I liked that the rings around the sleeves were different colors. Yeah. That to me, I thought was a really cool touch. Um, you know, the, the sad thing about the kits is since not everybody did as good a job of like, say, um, Orlando did when they released their away kit, which I'm not a huge fan of. And when the, the current released their home kit, at least calling out all the touches on there and kind of what what they meant, because sometimes, you know, you'll miss things on there. Um, you know, the I, thing I that, do have a bit of a pet peeve, though. I, I love when there are small touches that have meaning, but I, I hate when it's such a stretch for the meaning. I like the, uh, yeah, the Orlando one, I think is very good. Cause it's like, I, I think even if, even without a chart that showed you, you can look at that and see what the, what the theme is. But yeah, I, it's like, it should have meaning in local touches, but also, you know, I just hate, like, I think of the stereotypical like crest explainer where it's like, we put three feathers on the the wing yeah. to represent yeah. like the three mountains in uh, <laughs> in the area. It's like I, I hate when it's a big stretch like that. Like it, it should be clear what the design element is alluding to. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have you shouldn't take a long dissert, dissertation. Yeah. Uh, the thing I found hilarious about the Orlando kit, uh, you know, is that you know there. So it, it's kind of a neat touch. So in the neckline. They have the words to the moon um, kind of right in the neckline, <laughs> which I, I, I'm probably not going to go where you think I'm going on this. But, you know, it's, it's a nice built in taunt that, you know, if if the NWSL stadiums were full and they were a little bit more coordinated, you know, we would taunt them with any missed shot and say to the moon. Uh, uh, there you know, we go. You didn't go where I thought you were going. No, no, I knew you, uh, you've talked about the other thing that I'm not going to bring up here. <laughs> Use your imagination on that. I Honestly, that reference is so ancient that that I I would be curious what what percentage of NFL fans would would even know what TV show that could possibly be a reference. Right. So to. we will we'll yeah we will we won't bring that one up. But I just thought that was uh, funny. It's like I where did say, your shot go? Your shot went to the moon. You know, I I don't know. I just that Orlando kit for me is like so close to being a really good one, but it's just which I mean it's it's like an away kit thing. They have to be light, but all yeah. of the touches are so subtle that from any amount of distance, it just looks like a white kit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's, I would just um, like everything to pop just a little bit more on that one. And I feel like it's an extremely great kit. Yeah. That's, that's probably of the, of the kits that could have been great. That's probably the, maybe one of the bigger tragedies is yeah. if you could have had a different color to cast the moon against um, it might've been a really great, um, really it's great. One of yeah. those, you, even if you could have um, gone like a, you probably could have gone like a, you just use their purple, you know, just one of their shades of purple that's in their yeah. a brand um, scheme to, to shade that up against. And it would have been a beautiful kit and they just, you know, weren't allowed to do it. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's one of those great in person, bad on TV kits. 
Yeah. It's like when you, when you're up close and you really see the detail, that's like a really nice kit, but it just, it just washes out on TV. Yeah. And you know, I know a lot of people are fans of uh, racing's, um, you know, mint kit this year. It's kind of the same, it, same deal with that one. Yeah. It just, it doesn't show on TV. Now what helps I will say at bit, least they have the green shorts, which yeah, does. I was gonna, yeah. Yeah. I was going to uh, follow up with that is like, at least the, the mint shorts help with that. And if you want to take, you know, say kit versus jersey, and, and really these are jersey rankings, not necessarily overall kit rankings. That would probably boost your yeah. kit ranking up a little bit. Um, you know, the mint shorts, which uh, I think evidently they had to fight tooth and nail to get. Um, <laughs> but you know, which is just rules. Um, you know, it's you know, it's, it's so funny. This this league is so paternalistic in some yeah. things. It's just ridiculous. I do think it seems to me like. It's a league that has overlearned a lot of lessons from previous leagues in the country. Yes. I, I, I think I think there is like there is a reason that makes sense for a lot of the things they do based on the history of the women's leagues in the country. But I think a lot of times they have overcorrected with a lot of those things in, in a way that I think is kind of hurting them in the opposite direction now. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they'll go through growing pains and hopefully somebody will yeah. correct it. But you know they get so many other issues that, you know, they have to address that are, you know, really meaningful that, um, you know, kids will be down, you know, on the, you know, probably far down on the list. It seems like that's probably more easily correctable, but who knows? Yeah. I will say just in general, like I had a, I had a blast filling out the survey for this. Um, I probably spent way more time than I, <laughs> than I should have on it. Um, I was really surprised, like going into it before I really sat down and ranked and looked at all the kits. I think my, my, what I was thinking is like, oh, it's like all of the away kits are just boring white shirts. And like all of the interesting kits are going to be the home kits. Um, but I was really surprised when I did my rankings. I, um, I mean, (laughs) I feel like the, the worst kits are all away kits, but, um, I was surprised how many away kits I had really high in my rankings this year. I think a lot of teams did a very good job of working within the constraints they had to still make an interesting kit. Um, so I will give props. I think the teams that do have nice away kits did a really good job with them this year. Like you mentioned the yeah. Reigns kit. I think um, like Kansas city of their two kits, I think their away kit is the more interesting of the two. Um, yeah. I but, like yeah, it's a very it's- solid design from them. Yeah, but it's funny. It's like the teams that have the getaway kits, it seems like their home kits are not as good. Yeah. And I'll point out Chicago. Like, I love Chicago's um, um, light kit last year. Last you know, year was they, such a good away. I mean, that, yeah. I think that was hands down the best away kit in the league oh, last yeah. year. I, 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 you know, I might have even said that was my favorite, you know, kit in the league yeah. overall last year. That's how much I was a fan of that. So, they're, the one this year for them is a little bit of a downgrade over that. But it, it's tons better from their dark kit, which up close – is interesting, but just absolutely does not read unless you're right next to it. Yeah, I, I think they're I, – I wish that that would have been the one that they redesigned this year because it's the same as last year for the for the dark kit. And it's just – yeah, it, it like – it hits a lot of my pet peeves, which is like it doesn't work from a distance. It's got a lot of design elements that don't really go to – like I don't get the camo sleeves. It doesn't really it's, – it's not on theme. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, which is kind of surprising, uh, looking at mine, I think, uh, because they normally have very boring kits, I think uh, 
North Carolina is the only team I have where both of their kits are like near the top of my rankings. Most teams it is like, it's either the home or the away kit that I have up top. But I, I think both of uh, North Carolina's kits are solid this year. That yeah, either of them are in like my top uh, five, but both of them are right, right around there near the top. Yeah. That was my gut too going in is like, if you combine the rankings for which team has had the best overall kits, I would, would say that, you know, courage, I would say just in my gut would say, yeah, I just, yeah, I just think either one both of them, of them are super solid this year. Yeah, I wouldn't say that either one of them, like I said, may not be top five, but um, but I thought they were both both really good. They didn't have a bad one, you know. They their away kit top. is sort of what we were talking about earlier. It's like it has that mountain design at the bottom, which is like is neat, and you can point out that like it represents the Appalachians, which they're yeah. the region they play in. But it's also very obvious that that's what's going on too. Just oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't need any explanation about what that was. It's like oh, that's there to represent the mountains. That's yeah, you know, that tracks, you know. <laughs> um. And I think their their home kit is simple, but it just looks nice. It's like a very good, um, yeah. I, I like the, the the gradient on there; it gives it a really neat look. I, I can, you know, the gradient is kind of uh, hit or miss. I yeah. think depending it almost on looks like. pearlescent with the colors they went with, which is yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, Barcelona, I think I can't remember what season it was. Maybe the 13, 14, 14, 15 season went gradient on both their kits, and people murdered them for it um but i actually kind of like those yeah. but you know i think those this gradients, is a very subtle gradient which i think yeah, it is it. Yeah. yeah um um but you know gradients you can you can you can go wrong with gradients so i think they did a good, did a good job on that yeah well and and angel city's away kit i think it's probably of all of the new kits this year i think that's my favorite of the new kits that like speaking of uh, apparently they broke some of the constraints but working within constraints like it, it's still mostly white um but like, I love the, the black sleeve, like the, yeah, I, I think it's just a super well done design um, for that Angel City away kit. Yeah, it, it's, it's not bad. I hope they lose every single game they play in it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad kit. Yeah, their home <laughs> kit's another example of one of those where it's like, that's a, their home kit is a very good in-person kit, but it's just way too subtle. Like, it, yeah, I, I it's just, just was, solid black on TV. <laughs> yeah, when, when you see it in certain natural light, it pops, yeah. but I, I just wish they would have got it. it. It's a very good design that I wish they would have made a little bolder. Yeah, it just in the, some of the stage photos, it just didn't look great. But there, there was one photo in the release, and that I can't remember. Maybe it was the one that Jennifer Gardner was in. Um, that um, I'm like, wow, well, it looks different because it's. I think Jennifer Gardner where it helps. Well, yes, but you know, it's but it was in it was in the sunlight versus in the studio. And I'm like, yeah, in the sunlight, that looks pretty good. But I don't necessarily think it's red as well as that specific photo has yeah. on game day either. So again, it's one that's you know, hit or miss similar to the Orlando one. That's like very yeah. close for me. It just yeah. just doesn't yeah. get all the way there. Yeah. All right, are we are we gonna make fun of the? Uh, <laughs> I think I called it the 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 white t-shirt blue warm-ups crew at the bottom uh, i you know you're gonna ruin my entire column here zach we talked too much more about uh, about uh, about kids but you know i you know i think maybe the washington spirits um plan this year is uh, win the league and look terrible while doing it oh, um because at least san diego has the excuse like i know that they sort of got thrust into putting the team together on a quicker timetable than I think they were expecting. 
And I know there's a lot of lead time with kit design and things. So they were legitimately in a very tight place this year to get it done. Like as much as I've been making fun of them, it was not an easy task for them uh, to get those kits ready in time to play this season. Yeah. No excuse for Washington though. <laughs> like, oh, you know, unless you just think, well, you know, they were just holding off to get the ownership piece straightened yes. out. I, I don't know, but you know, to be fair, like their kids weren't great before either. I, they just are. No, you know, I, I, they, they to- fall really prey. I mean, you almost have to, if you're in Washington DC, but like the, the Navy blue and red trap that three quarters of American sports teams fall into yeah. is just so boring. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like please, please enough with the with the navy blue. Can we just put a just please no more navy blue? I just I'm so sick of it. What's wrong? All the teams like the DC teams can keep it. That like I I get it. That's fine. That like, but everyone else needs to get more original. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like when when presented with the opportunity to say, well, we're going to have blue, and you can have navy blue, royal blue, or sky blue, that people would go with navy blue. I would always, you know, but me, I'm a default. If I've got a choice, give me the pastel. Yeah. Then give me the straight out of the box Crayola, and then give me the darker version of that. But that's yes. just me. Um, I just you know, like I just like originality with color schemes. That like yeah. more than anything, I like when <laughs> when teams are something other than red, red and blue. Yeah, <laughs> uh, even the weird color schemes I enjoy more than the the boring ones. Yeah, which is you know probably one of the bigger disappointments with San Diego is their crest gave opportunity for a great color scheme, and then they just. Really Nowhere to go but it. up next season. And they don't have the excuse that they have no time. So I am I am hoping to see some good kits from them next season with that. I mean, it, I just it, if they'll if they'll lift the restriction on all the teams, I think you could you could definitely um you know boost some some kit sales, which I don't understand why that's not the point of the league. And I you know that gets I get you again, clout. Think, you will have you know, no kits. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, but, you know, the other thing is I, mean, I understand that they want it to be easy for the officials to be able to tell the teams apart, but the official yeah, has been so terrible anyway. I mean, does it really matter? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like that can't be a reason. It's like, I mean, the officials can't get things right anyway. So it doesn't really matter what jersey they're in. Yeah. And- I, just, I, I had to get one more shot in on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I, given the standard of the officiating, they probably need all the help they can get. So that is a solid, that is a, a, a solid point in favor of the boring kids. <laughs> it's like this team is in white, this team is in black. <laughs> I think, I think the problem with the, the officials um, is, is they're not the calls they do make, but the calls they don't make, which just seems just absolutely worse in my opinion. Um, you know, just the ones that they've missed versus the ones they've made, but that's conversation for another time, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, I think, I think we've, we've talked about kits for long enough. I think we probably want to let the people get back to their days. Uh, so we may have set a record. I don't, I don't know if, uh, you know, how much editing they're going to do, but we maybe <laughs> hit the uh, hour and 15 minute mark. That's a good one. I always love having you on for a chat. <laughs> I think it's the right, first so, time. I think the other times you've been on, it was weeks I was out. So yeah, I think I've been on with Benton maybe once before. I, I think I am gonna maybe be on with both of you later in the year if I make my planned trip to uh, the dreaded, uh, you know, Angel City away match, which is the plan um, later in the year. But I mean, uh, so I, I I alluded to them being my least favorite team, but I feel like that's in like a pro wrestling way. Like I 
I I am happy that Angel City's in the league and they play in a very nice stadium. So that that's oh, yeah, like a like, great I, away game to go to. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the team, and and boy, I can't wait to go to Los Angeles again and go watch the you know watch a game there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Michael, uh, we plugged your, your article coming out next week. You got anything else to plug for the people before we let go? Uh, man, if you're not plugged in to be by now, you're just never going to be, you know, until everything <laughs> grows some more, which I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, if we can get a consistent, you know, baseline of, you know, six, seven, eight thousand fans, maybe I'll get a couple dozen more followers, but there uh, we go. Yeah. Follow them on Twitter. It's, is it, it's flirtedly FC on Twitter, right? Yeah, it is. There's some hyphens in there. Somewhere. And and Flirtedly FC uh, is the website, which uh, speaking of, we've been talking about kit designs. I, I really enjoy your your website redesign that you did this year. I think, I think it looks really nice uh, this this season. Yeah, credit to Ann Evans uh, for that, who is credited on my site. Um, she uh, uh, was an intern with racing last year and um, actually came came up with like, uh, you know, brand guidelines and specific, you know, color schemes to use. Uh, really similar, if you know, kind of, if you've looked at racings and Louisville cities, kind of brand guidelines are really similar to those. In fact, she may have worked on those yeah. for uh, Lucidian Racing last year. Um, but, you know, she was, you know, glad, was, uh, you know, good enough to help me out with, with that. So, uh, so yeah, I really appreciate the work she did for that. And, uh, yeah, I wanted it to, you know, it looked, uh, you know, semi-professional last year. Hopefully it looks a little bit more professional uh, this year. I don't know if the writing's improved any, but at least it looks better. <laughs> at least the website looks good this year. Yeah. <laughs> I still sound nonsense. Well, and and as usual, I'm Zach. If you're a glutton for punishment, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. I don't have a website. Thank everybody for listening. Thanks for coming on, Michael. As always, vamos morados. what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.